Today, we are in um, Tokyo for Glate and UWF Wrestling from the Ledet Entertainment Corporation. And to join me on this momentous occasion of a new company forming and a lot of explanation going on <laughs> is Mr. Darryl O'Connor. How are you, sir? Ahoy. Thanks for having me. It's all right. No problem. Thank you for coming back and joining us once again to watch wrestling that you wouldn't normally watch. And confused by the entire time. <laughs> but it's okay. But it's okay. Shall I feel, I, like, I, I feel uh, like I, I always get a good ed- education when I come here, though, and I hope the, the listeners get that, too. I like I, I see myself as kind of like the, the, the POV point of, point of view character for like people who have no idea about this stuff. So I'm like, either do I. So join me. That's, that's what we like to do. We like to have a person who's not watched stuff before so we can... Give a person that's that's never watched this stuff before a, a point of view to get a starting point, what they yes. what they can expect basically. Yes. And Glate is a, a wonderful company. I think um, I've I've really enjoyed the stuff. I've watched eight hours of their stuff this weekend. I watched show after show after show, and I really I, enjoyed all of it. I just think that's called indoctrination. <laughs> <laughs> you need well, help. Show, you want to call for somebody? <laughs> <laughs> I spaced it out with LA's Finest on Netflix, which is a glorious thing. Have you heard of this? I haven't. You heard of... All right, LA's Finest. You know Bad Boys, the yeah. movie franchise? Yeah. You know Bad Boys 2 and um, Marcus's sister, who is the girlfriend of uh, Will Smith's character? Yes. This is set 10 years later right. in LA. She's left the DEA because she had a bad fallout with her commanding officer and, and got beat up. And she has a new partner in LA working for the LAPD. Oh wow! And it and it's ace just because of the fact that Michael Bay didn't direct it, so it actually isn't visually jarring. That's bizarre. <laughs> actually, I have to say, I, I, watched the most, I watched the most recent Bad Boys there when it came out, and it wasn't bad. Like I, I had like zero expectations, so I'll probably give that a watch because I've like I haven't really had a chance to watch anything other than wrestling for like a while, so I'm trying to get back in to watch more like TV shows. So yeah, I, it, it's been a long time since I've been on the Netflix like front page. It's it's a good mindlessly dumb TV show. It only lasted two seasons, and there's only one season on Netflix. But uh, for forty five minutes episodes that bang by, and the clock gets more and more complicated, needlessly complicated with every show. It's okay. like the best movie. It's like everything you'd expect from a movie spin-off, but much worse. And Ace. <laughs> much worse. All right, there you go. They should put that on the box of the DVD. <laughs> anyway, back to Glate. Okay, so Glate is... The reason why the company's called Glate is the owners, that uh, be Hiroki Suzuki, who follows me on Twitter, so he's a cool bloke, and Kiyoshi Tamura wanted to hark back to the glory days of professional wrestling in the 1990s of all styles. So they wanted to call it great, but the org- the company that organizes the whole thing is called Ledet Entertainment. So they wanted to put L in there, so they called it Glate. Unfortunately, I, I thought it said Gleet, which I thought was the best name for wrestling promotion ever. Gleet. Wouldn't you want to watch that? Um, however, 
who wouldn't want to watch a show called Glate? It's Glate, which, as I mean, as Dara explaining to Dara, is slightly awkward for a Westerner to say because it does kind of like push the button that Japanese people don't particularly now announce their L's and R's correctly because it's just not in their language set. So there's that. A big yikes on that, folks. A big yikes. <laughs> so you're not trying to be rude or anything. It's just the way it's pronounced. Anywho, Ledet Entertainment was founded, uh, well, in uh, the Glee was founded in, in 2020 by Ledet Entertainment, um, uh, which is owned by mixed martial artist and former professional wrestler Kiyoshi Tamura. Uh, they are the company that originally bought Noah out from its management team in around about 2018. And they changed everything about Noah. They changed the logos, they changed the ring, they changed the approach, they put focus on different wrestlers, which, Dara, you'll know if you've ever watched Ring of Honor, what happens to a legacy wrestling company with very strict boundaries that the fans enjoy a certain thing? They get upset when something They do. Yeah. They do. And the company, which they were trying to push as like the second biggest company in Japan, was ready to take over from New Japan Pro Wrestling, lost money hand over fist. In fact, it lost about 75% of its value. So they no. sold it out to <laughs> they sold it out to Cyber Agent, who funnily enough turned all the corporate colours back to green, had a logo that looked very similar to the original logo of the, of two or three years ago, and um, put the emphasis on the old charges of the company to write the ship. And funnily enough are now the second biggest wrestling company in Japan. <laughs> Just give so, people what they want, even if it's the same thing over and over again, because that's how business works. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's just sometimes you just have to go with the boring thing, unless you try and do something new, which is kind of the problem this company has, but I think they've gone about it in a different way, and their aborted attempt to start with has moved on to something very different. So, wanting to stay involved in the wrestling business once Cyber Agent bought out Noah, they managed to get um, uh, access to Ricky Chosu's Power Hall company, and they brought in Ricky Chosu, and they bought in Kaz Hayashi and Nosawa Rongai, and created them as technical officers and strategy officers, basically the bookers of the company, um, and started doing shows. Um, now, Rongai eventually left the company because he was associated with Noah. Um, and obviously, the, with, that was kind of like not really a no-no. So they brought in Seema, um, from, originally from Dragon Gate, and his entire Stronghearts crew, which is Al Linderman and T-Hawk, who you may remember from the early days of AEW. They're like the A-team of wrestling. If you can find them, and maybe they can help you build your wrestling company. If that makes sense, but it yes, um, it does make sense. <laughs> it does make sense. So, and it's all this company was also helped out by the fact that other wrestling companies fell apart at the same time. So, Oriental Wrestling Enterprises, which was actually quite good and was where uh, Strong Hearts, which is Seema's group, were uh, were doing quite well, and then kind of like the the company folded. I don't know why the company folded. I'd have to look into that, but they, they all left the company, and I don't think it's going as well as it used to. Um, and also, when Kiyeji Muto decided to close Wrestle 1, there was all of a sudden a lot of high-priced, high-name talent available. So you take these veterans who know what they're doing, and you take these youngsters who are well-trained by Kiyeji Muto and the crew at Wrestle 1, and you got yourself a wrestling product, haven't you, Dara? Well, 
Yeah, it, it's... I don't know. I have my thoughts on this. I Look, <laughs> with wrestling, there's a lot of, like, on-the-ground humping with this, with the lads. <laughs> you know, like, there, there's a lot of it, you know. It, it's, like, it's very shooty. So, I know it's a shoot-based thing, but... Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess we have a wrestling company. I, I wouldn't necessarily call it wrestling because it's like, what's it? it, 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 it it's too real to be fake and it's too fake to be real. Um, <laughs> so, but hey, oh, well, so. to complicate matters even more, they bought out the rights to UWF and decided they were going to have two promotions, not just one. Because obviously, shoot wrestling was the foundations of the great wrestling era of the 1990s. And they brought in guys like uh, Masato Tadaka, uh, who was obviously of the original UWF, um, to help them with that. So essentially, you have Lidet UWF, which works under UWF rules, and you have Glate, which works under regular wrestling rules and kind of aims to be in the, in the King's Road style, I would say, with a lot of Lucha Libre thrown in. Oh, okay, right. So that kind of clears up the first thing I wanted to say on oh, my first like <laughs> issue on this. So a lot of them are like, like particularly with version zero, like all the rules are uh, UFW. So I'm assuming that's all the shooty shoe, you know, on the ground kind of stuff. And the yeah. next one, the next one we look at actually is a bit more wrestling focused. Still has some some of those matches near the end. But yeah, actually, that makes a lot of sense because you actually start seeing wrestling happen. Yeah, so you the the great um, flag raising version one event, which was at uh, Tokyo City Hall, uh, Tokyo Dome City Hall, was a split show between the great um, lineup and the UWF lineup. So they shared the Ross, they shared the show together. Whereas mm. the first show we're going to look at was entirely. Um, based around uh the shoot style rules which uh, i don't i know aren't necessarily your thing are they well look you know i as someone who has a background in martial arts right when i want to watch martial arts i'll watch martial arts <laughs> when i want to watch wrestling <laughs> i'll watch wrestling you know and it's okay about working some of it into it because i think you can tell quite a cool story with it and the strong style is awesome when done properly but when it's what was this? Five matches of it. Yeah, and, like your man comes out in a gi and he's like, "Oh, I'm deadly," and then they're on the ground for twenty minutes or fifteen minutes, and you're like, "Oh, this is why I don't watch. <laughs> this is why I stop watching um, uh, UFC." You know, but look, as I said, yeah. it, 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 I, I want my, I, I, uh, I'm hoping to get more of an, an appreciation for it uh, to context. Um, and I wouldn't say it's not necessarily my thing. I just. This could have done as a wrestling product. This, you know, yeah. I I I I preferred the pretty Japanese women beating each other up than the men. <laughs> on the Funnily enough, some of the same from Japanese women were on these particular shows. Yeah, that's um, what it was. <laughs> Anywho, we'll start with the opening match, which was Hikiru Sato versus Kasayashi, the boss of the company, um, who got his ass kicked in forty-two seconds. Yes. Uh, not not which, much of a match. <laughs> not much no, of a match. no, I mean, Sato came in and kicked you out of him. And to be fair, though, if you're the boss and you're prepared to job out like that, I think that's fair enough. Well, I, I think that's a leadership thing, right? It's like, hey, lads, look, yeah. I'm not above anyone. Uh, I'm assuming there's some kind of, like, honour thing where it's just like, I, you know, I'm below here even though I'm the boss. 
and I'm going to lose in like 42 seconds, get my ass kicked. So it makes sense, you know, but still. It, not... I mean, I mean, Kaz is like 48 years old as well. And, you know, he was in WCW. So yes. um, there you go. I think you, I think you'd like Cody to take the same approach with AEW, wouldn't you? I, I, you know what? So Jeff Bezos has gone to the moon, right? Or gone to space. <laughs> and there's a petition to put like, yeah, so he can't come back. They should like put Cody in there with him, and then you know, maybe don't let the two of them back. Continue. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so what did you think of the match? Apart from the fact it wasn't really much of a match. Uh, what was the context for the feud? Like, what was it? Was it just around the match, or was it just we're going to go in and and get something on the on the board? Like, it was just a random match. This was. Sato's in his 40s. He was um, originally from, uh, where was he trained? Let's have a look here. He was trained by Minoru Suzuki, so he would have been one of the older guys. Right. Um, and looking at his career, he, had, he started off with uh, Kaintai Dojo. He's been all over the place. He's an old Japan regular. He wrestles for Glates. He, he wrestles for um, CW's YMZ Pro Wrestling. So he's, he's, a, he's a regular name on the indies as a freelancer. So it was just kind of like a match. It's kind of like an opening match. Kind of see, establish him as a bit of a threat, I guess, as you would see, so they can challenge people later on. Obviously, new company, no titles, no ace, as it were, yet. So they're kind of circling around, trying to build somebody up, I think. And maybe he's yeah, the guy well, he's fought it. Well, look, you know, the... The match itself wasn't really much of a match. There wasn't really any spots as such. There was just a couple of strikes and then the finish, obviously, with, like, uh, a kind of guillotine kind of thing. But, um, yeah, man, like, I don't know. I think if the, if he had it went a little bit longer, it would have been it would have been more to say. But if it is to build up, um, you know, to get that kind of streak uh, build for Sato, then it makes sense. But, like... It was what it was. It, it was like the closest thing to a squash match that I've ever seen in Japanese wrestling. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, you know, I watched I watched the show, the previous show to this, and Kaz was in the main event, and it was a six man tag, and it's much more his bag. It's a lucha style six man tag, and they were, and it was all of the strong hearts guys, and uh, Kaz was tagging with Minoru Tanaka and like the older guys of the company. And it's like, this is brilliant, and you're all over 35, and I don't understand how you can all move this fast. But this is kind of like, the opposite of that is, we need somebody to put somebody over, and you, I'll do. It'll be fine. I'm a big enough name to take, and it won't really affect me, because this isn't my bag, because I'm a lucha wrestler, basically. That's what Kaz is, isn't it? So, yeah. Should we move on to the second match? You dropped out. Oh. You dropped out on me there, on there, James. Hello? Hello. Uh, Shall we move Hello. on to the second match? Yes, let's go for it. Okay, then. Hideki Sikeni and Dado Abe. Hideki Sikeni is the guy with the glorious afro, by the way. They defeated ah, yes. Minoru, Ta- Minoru Tanaka and Soma Watanabe in 9 minutes and 19 seconds. Uh, Minoru Tanaka is the technical director of UWF and was in the original UWFI and in Pro Wrestling Fujiwari Gumi. He was a founder member of Pancras. Genuine badass, and was quite happy flying around doing the lucha stuff as well because he's one of those guys who can wrestle any style, anytime, any way you want, and mm. break your arms off. 
<laughs> but this was kind of a bit more fun, I thought, because it was a tag match and therefore a bit more interesting as far for a, for a non-shoot style wrestling fan, if that makes sense. It's a bit more accessible. I've never seen a, a shoot tag match before. You know, it, it's very strange. It's a very strange dynamic to have. Yes, because they're not allowed to do dual teams and stuff. They've got to play it straight. Yeah, but it's um, like it's like so. At a certain point, ugh, I don't know. It it it's it accesses different parts of my brain, right? Where it's like <laughs> when they're standing a strike, and you're like, okay, fair enough. But then when they they start doing like grapples and stuff, and they're not pulling guard, you're like, what are you doing? Pull guard, and you're like, wait, no, this is <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so bizarre. It's so bizarre. I think this is this is the thing. If you go back to that, that's the UWF stuff of the 90s and UWFI stuff of the 90s, the essential booking style of that was have a fight for 15 minutes, but this guy's winning. Yeah. Whereas this is not that. This is much more booked and controlled because the biggest problem the UWFI had was the fact that they kept putting guys in the hospital because they were wrestling as hard as they possibly could for 15 minutes. Yeah, they were fighting. (laughs) Yeah. They were were literally getting their heads blocked off, knocked off for no apparent reason because they were going to lose anyway. You know, so... um, So... This isn't that. It's a much more controlled environment. However, to make it work as a controlled environment, there's certain elements of contact that one doesn't have. <laughs> Which what I mean. is like, what... The, the defensive side of it, like, doesn't really make any sense because, you know, like, the easiest way to not get your head kicked off is to just stay in guard for ages, which is why you see them rolling around for, like, 10 minutes before someone gets tired. But, like, with this, it's like they transition with their spots in and out yeah. very very quickly and then like it makes sense why they do it and then they go back into the strike and so it's a it's it has all the elements of like a real fight and i think it's a very very kind of it's it's actually a pretty cool product to show somebody who thinks wrestling is fake you're like well yeah kind of but this is still you know on the table it's a very unique way of doing things but um a very very good match a very you know obviously hard hitting match that that's very cliche to say but you know, there's a couple of kicks where they actually connect, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like, you know, <laughs> you know that looks like a reward. Yeah. Ooh, Hideki Sekina, believe this or not, has only been wrestling two years, and he's forty years old. No way. And I'm like, because I'm looking at the cage match, and I'm like, going, oh, he, he's new. Oh no, he's forty-seven years old." <laughs> wow. Um, I. And I'm watching him, and he's like, he's awesome. Where's he been? Where did, where did he get from? And apparently he just didn't start wrestling until two years ago. He's kind of, like, fallen into it. And he's very good at it. So well, look, he's, he's like the DDP of, uh, of Gleet. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Soma Watanabe, also the most handsome man in the world, uh, I'm, I'm saying, because he's, he's just really handsome. So I, I pointed that out on Twitter last night as I was watching it. Someone pointed go back there and yeah, he only wore a mask up until three months ago and he stopped wearing it now. Why? <laughs> like, maybe that's why really... he, maybe that's why he still has his face okay, because he's like, Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to yeah, I didn't want to get yeah. hit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next up was I mean, to be fair, we haven't actually explained UWF rules. I actually sent Dara the UWF rules, so any of these matches actually made sense. Right, you did. Um, okay, let's explain what. So we've kind of talked. We've, so we've kind of said that uh, U, um, UWF rules are like basically more MMA-ish, and then the the other um, the other kind of stuff is more 
flippy yeah. flippy wrestling. So what exactly are the rules so people know? So you are not allowed to punch or bite like you would do in a normal wrestling match. Growing shots are out of the question as well. You get a point deducted for that or a disqualification if you take it too far. Um, you have you start the match with five points. The old UWFI rules were 15 points. Thank God they changed that because it used to take forever. And the match would be over before the points would get down. So there's very little drama, if you see what I mean. It's like, oh, 15 points. And then 20 minutes in, one's on 10 and one's on 7. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's like, uh... <laughs> it's a, so it's making it five, yeah, making it five gives it a bit more urgency. Um, if you touch the ropes in a submission hold to escape, you lose a point. If there is a knockdown, you lose a point. Um, and obviously you have five points to get through the match. If you lose, it goes down to zero, you lose the match. If you're knocked out, you lose the match. Or if you submit, no pinfalls, because this is shoot style. And in shoot style, the easiest way of getting a clear victory is to make somebody spit or to knock the person out. Yes. Which was the 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 style of the pits in Wigan in the 19th century when, you know, people bet on wrestling and no one wanted pinfalls because referees would count fast and people would get angry because they'd lost money on fights they shouldn't have done. Um, so that makes a lot sufficient. of... That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 Here's yeah, the thing though. That's... Like if you bet if you bet on wrestling and it is print pinfall, you're you're kind of stupid. So don't do that. Yeah. Don't, don't, referees. don't bet on wrestling anyway. That's financial advice. <laughs> that's <a> bad time. <laughs> I'm sure you can bet on uh, amateur wrestling. Uh Osh is obviously a much more like, you know, actual sport. Uh, but yeah, professional I, wrestling is. I, I don't know, man. I, I still I've seen some pretty dodgy, like football, for example. That shit's fake in wrestling sometimes. I'm bad <laughs> that either. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, I only I only ever won significantly money gambling on football. Funnily enough, I I had three. It was about twenty years ago. I had three a, a, a three pound left on me, and I need to pay some bills at the weekend. And it was like, well, I'm gonna have to borrow some money anyway, so I may as well use this three pound. And I think it was Liverpool versus Anderlecht, and it was like 16 to 1 for Liverpool to win 3 1. And I put three quid on it, and uh, I paid all my bills and money money because they won 3 1. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. Just a hunch on that particular scoreline. Anyway, uh, so yeah, <laughs> tag, in tag matches, you get more points because obviously there's more wrestlers involved, but you don't get 10 points. I think it was still seven, I think it was for this. But in the old UWFI rules, it'd be 21. So. I know. There's more of a veneer of a, a real sport about it, even though we know it's much more booked than the UWFI guys did it, because all of these guys are also the regular wrestling guys who wrestle on Gleet. I'm doing it now. Gleet. <laughs> um, so they have got to kind of like, you know, not, um, not get hurt because they need them, which I think is fair enough. Yeah. Uh, next matchup was Tokichiya Matsumoto and they defeated Yu Iska in 15 minutes. I like Yu Iska. I thought he was really cool. I this, enjoyed him a lot. This was a very good match. This was kind of like you could... It, it was it was more wrestling than the others. You know, it was um, to an extent. And this is the one I mean where your man with the gi comes out, you know. Um, it's, it had some more spots in it. But, uh, wait, sorry, yeah. no. Yeah. Uh, you whisk it, sorry. I, have I jumped ahead? No, I haven't. I haven't jumped ahead. I'm right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you whisk strikes me as a wrestler, right? An actual wrestler, wrestler. And then yeah. uh, Masamoto is like, you know, 
is that his gimmick to be like I'm a jiu-jitsu guy or yeah that's his gimmick okay that makes sense I would, I would say yeah yeah he's um he's a freelancer he's trying to see where he's sport he's been going for about five years he's wrestled for DDT um hard hit which is another kind of like violent promotion he's been on and off done some stuff for all Japan he's not had a consistent career put it that way compared to Iska who's a bit more well-rounded Iska is interesting throughout this match like as I said like it was more kind of spotty than the other ones but not in yeah. jumping off the top ropes or doing suplexes the actual exchanges they had were very very cool very quick to jump up and down for from floor to like doing strikes but then like doing yeah. these little exchanges it was actually like the closest thing to chain wrestling that I've seen from lads who you wouldn't expect to do chain wrestling in this <laughs> situation. Uh, yeah. It was very enjoyable. Very, very enjoyable. I think uh, as well, it, it's the same old story in the sense of uh, it's, he's charismatic. He's a, he's a pleasant-looking young man who's charismatic. You can see he's got an intensity about him. He looks like he knows the job and wants to do well and and, you know, he's got that uh, plucky underdog thing going on for him, which you know makes the match more interesting. When you can see something in somebody, whether it's through body language or facial expressions, then you get more out of it, don't you? Well, that's it. It kind of gives you that, um, you know, like you know what it is. It's the selling. There's a yeah. lot more selling in this, and that's what it is. Like every other match we've seen so far. They're not to be, look to be honest with you. They're not long enough to have selling in them, you know. <laughs> um, no. And this one, I think the visual of it is very unique because the ring looks massive, even though it's not. And it's yeah. because how they're utilizing it is very, very cut off. Where they're in one section, they get up. They're in another section, they get up. But you're actually able to focus in on. Jesus, those submissions look like they hurt. You know, because he probably did. You know, and, yes. and that says and that says an awful lot. You know. Yeah, they're not they're not cinching them up tight. No, they they're hurt. not tight. They're not tight, but they no. look like they hurt. Yeah, and it's like yes. You know, I, I don't know. Have you ever been in a choke, James? No, I haven't. I must admit, no. Oh yeah, it's not fun. Um, you go out very quick. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very quick. Or you know, get your arm popped off like you can. There's a reason why you tap. Let's put that way, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. You know, even still, the way this match is is paced, it's a very, very cool story. You can tell, you can tell that, you know, you can tell what's going on here, even without commentary. And again, like I don't speak Japanese, so I usually yeah. watch this without commentary, for the most part. But um, you know, very, very cool little match here, a long match again, longest match we've seen so far, and um, yeah, it was great, it's really good. Yeah. They didn't kill each other. I, they didn't kill each other, but they did fold each other like pretzels a lot of times. <laughs> it was much more submission based. It wasn't so kick heavy. Yeah. And that sometimes makes for a better match. It's a bit more of a game of chess, isn't it? And, that was it, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, like when you're watching this, you're like, Yeah, you know, they're both gonna be sore tomorrow, but you know, no one's gonna get brain damage or something like that, you know, so it's nice. Yeah. This it was at Shinjuku Face, which is a well known uh venue for Japanese indie companies. Mm. There's only a couple of hundred people in attendance, but it's um, where it is in Tokyo, isn't it? I think it's it's in Tokyo, yeah. It's one of the smaller arenas. The companies that can't afford to go to, to Kurikan Hall go here. 
basically. So it's it's a lot of the smaller companies work there, but it's it's one of the halls that's specifically set up for pro wrestling. There's a couple of them as well. Can I ask that's all they do? Can I ask something? Yeah. In the shot of like a lot of matches, there's like there's a there's two numbers like five four or five five. What does that actually mean? What is that's that? the scoring. That's, that's so the that's scoring. the scoring. Like it was fifteen back in the UWFI days, and like I said, when they brought it down to five to make it a bit more accessible because right. those matches went on forever, and it creates more excitement. So right. if you get a knock, if you go a knockdown or you use the ropes to break a submission hold, then you lose a point. Or oh, if you foul, you can lose a point as well. So if you throw a punch, even if it's accidental, you will lose a point. So do you start? If it's a low at... blow, you will lose a point. So you start. You start at five. Start at five. Start right. at five. And if you lose all your points, you lose the match. So, yeah. So, it, it's more sporting, is basically. It's trying to give it a bit more of a... Uh, well, it gives it more drama. Rules are good. People don't quite understand this sometimes, I think, in wrestling. But the more rules you have, the more room you've got to tell a story. Because there's more structure to the story. So, like, if it's like writing a sitcom. If you've got a couple bumbling around a flat... There are rules to what those couple can and can't do, and that's what gives you the flow of your story. So it's the same kind of in a wrestling match. The rules you have and the, the way you set those rules up for the culture of the company you're in are really important to how the story is going to get told. Shall we move on to the next match, Darren? Let's do it. Okay, so next we have Tajiro Matsu versus Takuya Ueda. This one went to a time limit draw, which was kind of the big epic match of the evening. Matsu is another 48-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many old guys in this promotion they're all great as well they really know what they're doing he was a judo player before he started wrestling and he was trained by Nobuyuki Takada one of the original UWF guys so it's obvious why they got him yeah to, to I obviously don't know honestly don't know too much about but you let me know what you think of the match and uh, I will endeavour to find out more it was you know it was now that you said that that bit of context it makes a lot of sense on how this match was kind of going you know the the time limit draw is you know not something we look at fond fondly uh, in western wrestling but this one with the rules that you can't you know use the ropes without losing a point uh is quite interesting because it's like oh if you go and touch the ropes you're gonna potentially lose yourself the match and that's something that yeah. I never, you know, I've obviously never considered before because it's like it's such a given, you know. Um, so watching this match now or reflecting on this match now with that, it's like, oh, well, OK. So a lot of what they were doing in this match makes a lot of sense. And so. It was 5-5. Five, five. They both lost no points. And obviously because it went to the time, that was it. So what happens after that? That's what I'm curious about now. I guess they set up for a rematch. Um, is that how it works? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason why I don't know much about Wilder is because he is a pro wrestler, but he comes from the shoot side of things. So mm-hmm. he fought for Shuto and Pancras, the actual genuine wrestling companies. He's a former welterweight king of Pancras. Mm-hmm. He has a pro, pro fight career of 20 and 9. Um, and he did do his professional, he started a professional wrestling career for DDT and for Hard Hit, which is another part of the cyber fight group. So he's he's kind of he's he's a bit like Minoru Suzuki. He's kind of transferred his fighting skills into a wrestling promotion. So he's ideal for this. 
He was yeah, he was built for this. It, it absolutely like and it comes off as a, a very entertaining entertaining shoot match like if you didn't know this was was rigged or, yeah. or even worked as such to the point that they probably plan out certain spots you would think it was legit enough uh my biggest problem with it was how it was shot it was shot really weird like i i the the, the way they shoot it sometimes just really goes against me um with the camera being focused down and then when they stand up you know, it's just it's just a production thing that I guess it makes sense to shoot that way because they're on the ground so much. But when they stand yeah. up, it's like, ooh, okay, this is kind of weird. You know, it's it's the complete opposite of what you normally expect. But from a match itself, it was quite good. And then yeah. I'll, I'll say my last line. Yeah. And then you can comment on that. Yeah. Um, okay. Just wait till it starts recording. So yeah, it, uh, what I find interesting about this match is it's the the two older guys, and it's kind of a dream match, but. They aren't the main event. The main event is won by Takanori Ito, who defeats Rei Kuwamara. The 27-year-old young guy, potential ace of the company, wins the match, which is the right thing to do for a new wrestling company, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like it's You give yourself that prestige, um, because I think the, the booking of where this is on the card makes sense, because instead of just having the old guys being the most important thing you get the prestige of the older guys there but then you build your top star at the same time so it's it's a really good decision yeah i think so as well i mean he's uh, ito's from the karate background and he just he just demolished him it's just it was 14 minutes and 51 seconds but i just liked how big move after big move and it was so cool to watch this kind of match and it, it went the distance and you've got like the last three matches made up 45 minutes of the card it's only an hour and a half card by the way it's not particularly intimidating in length but it's still a good piece of work i think absolutely no absolutely i it, it's um <laughs> like it, it's kind of hard to judge the main event as a main event because like you don't get the usual indicators that are there like like with all due respect, it doesn't help it's a Japanese crowd. So they don't really pop for anything. You know, it's just like, okay, you know, there's no pops, you know. But to be, to be, to be fair to them, they're not allowed to pop at the minute. They're only allowed to clap. Oh, fair, but they don't really, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to, it's really <laughs> hard, no hard to kind of judge it. Going on. Yeah, there's no hard, exactly, there's no hard clapping going on. So you're like, come on. So, uh, you know, the, the, the traditional, uh, quiet Japanese crowd now is, is probably even quieter than it normally would be. So the only kind of indicator I can have that this is the main event really is kind of how hard they go and how long the match is. It's a very, 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 very long match. But um, answer me this. Are punches allowed to be thrown or is it just closed fist? No closed fist. Uh, open hands and forearms and that's it. Okay, interesting. And uh, no elbows. Forearms, yes. Elbows, no. Yeah, because they'd be bleeding everywhere. Um, yeah. All right. It is the first match I saw that has, like, more than one suplex. So, you know, <laughs> for what that's worth. But, um, yeah, look, it was okay. Um, I would like to see this with a bit more kind of, like, again, as somebody who's an outsider to this, who don't really know who these guys are, the Black Trunks Black presentation doesn't Yeah. Help. It's no. like it's a, the two of them are very talented, and what they do in the ring is amazing. And I'm sure they're telling a great story, 
but there's no visual indicators here. There's no. They need to pro wrestling this up a little bit, if that makes sense. You know, it's make a, it it's more a lot, pro wrestling. It's a lot more pro wrestling than it was. Um, yeah. But yes, I agree with you. It is like when you see like Tanaka go in the ring on the next show, who is absolutely a shoot master, but he understands his showmanship as well. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, it, it, yeah. it, it needs to be a bit more showy for an amazing event. Yeah. Like, the girls last uh, last time we talked, you know, they got that. They came out in their their mm-hmm. big outfits and you know all that kind of stuff. And like you see it with New Japan as well, where that's what they do as well. They come out and you have their outfits on, and you know that these are the main event players. These lads, until they get in the ring and they start like kicking head off each other in a long match, <laughs> there's nothing to really kind of be to differentiate them, you know. And that's the biggest problem here. Like there's some lad out there with a mask, and like it's like there you go, look, why are you wearing a mask? You know, <laughs> there you go, do something. It is the thing. It is the thing. Is like, oh, here's another guy with black tights, black kick pads, and bare feet. Oh, there's seven of them. Yeah, you, yeah. you could even if you like, you know, in the old days, back in the day, they used to like have their names put on their shoot shoes. There's an advantage to wearing shoes. <laughs> yeah, like you know, <laughs> I, I, and I understand. Like, it makes sense when it's the dojo kind of thing and and all that kind of stuff. But they look exactly the same. You know, yeah. particularly when you pan back, you're like, all I can see are two lads wearing the same gear. You know, and they're. And by, they're I'm going to say, by the nature of the style as well, it's heads down and hands up. So you that's can't it. always see. Yeah. Yeah. And particularly if, they have, yeah. particularly if they have a similar haircut, you're like, oh, you know, <laughs> it makes it even more difficult. So I, <laughs> I think, you know, from main event, this was a very dull main event. For the reasons we outlined, it wasn't a bad main event. It was, it was, there were some, it was very skillful, uh, skillful put together match, but it could have benefited from more pro wrestling. Like, that would be my only uh, point from this. Like, you know, more pro, pro wrestling it up a little bit. At the end of the day, that's the product. It doesn't have to be so serious. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. You know, 5% more would be enough. Just like different colored tights and different colored kick pads and things like that. Which yeah, is... but like I would say ten percent even. You know, different yes. color tights, different color kick pads. Um, you don't need gimmicks because you know they're no. literally kicking each other off. That is the gimmick, right? But like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, some music, some presentation, something to be like a little bit different. Like one lad's bald, one lad has long hair, one lad has short hair. Which, <laughs> you know, this kind of stuff is like just something. To differentiate, and then, <laughs> or even they bring like a unicorn to the ring or anything, you know, like here, look at my unicorn, you know, and they get over the unicorn guy, you know, it's just like anything, just gimmick 101, address 101, come on. Fair enough, which will bring us nicely to the flag waving event, Glate version, sorry, Glate, Glate, no, I'll get it right, Glate version one from Tokyo Dome City Hall in front of a packed house, yes. a sellout thousand seater. Thousand under COVID regulations. It's normally closer to two and a half, but obviously, given the times that we are in, um, this was a 50 50 split show between Glate and UWF. And it started off with the Glate show and a presentation of everyone, which allowed for that differentiation and increased that awareness of all the fighters and who they were, which I liked. I think, I think you'd agree with that. That's, oh, that's a nice it. way to start things. I love yeah. it. I, I like, I like Lee a lot. Lee, Lee's great. Like, it's so pro wrestling. 
it's brilliant. Like some yeah. lad even comes like my favorite part is some lad comes out with a t shirt and he's like, you know, starts showing it to the audience. You're like, oh, that is brilliant. Look at him there. You know? Yeah. Like he gets it. He gets wrestling, you know. <laughs> you know you actually see matches here. You see you know, it, it's a lot more accessible. It's it's very like new Japani, you know, in the way it's kind of done, yeah. you know. And I I it's I think it's a much more accessible show. It's a much more enjoyable show and it has the markers in it. And then obviously later on you still have that same presentation that we saw on the last show, but it looks better. Yeah. It looks better. I think I think they're learning as they go. I, I, I will say the Glate wrestling theme is awesome because yeah. it's like ultra dramatic Japanese rock, which is just ace. But like, it makes me want to watch wrestling. But the match that Yizuki has with Funaki, right, which is in yeah. the same rules as we just watched, has so much more energy to it and just it it's shot better it looks better it feels more pro wrestling like it's lit better the arena's a lot a lot cooler it just feels bigger yeah and it's, yeah, a, it, it's it essentially the exact thing also they go way harder in that match than they do that <laughs> anyway, so. like Funaki kills that young fella like so yes you know. yes like, that, old, was, uh... that, old, that old man like kills him and you're like, what happened? <laughs> what did you do? Like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, did he date his daughter? Did he like break up with her or something? Because oh my god, <laughs> killed him, killed him. Masakitsu Funami of uh, uh, Funaki, of course, you know, former UWF fighter, former uh, Peking of Pancras, arguably one of the hardest men who ever lived. You can see, so. <laughs> you can see, it's like, just shows yeah, up. He's like, yeah, you know, just kills him. Like, it's great. Brilliant. When Pan- when Pancras first started, and they didn't have a full stable of top notch fighters, him and Minoru Suzuki would carry lesser found fighters for twenty minutes to make better matches, so people would buy tickets in a shoot fight. Oh well, he was that good. <laughs> to be fair though, like, and this is the thing I never got about wrestling, and I even get less about this sign of wrestling, like. The whole point of martial arts is to not get hit and hit your man first so he doesn't get back up. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah k- kick me full force in the head. Absolutely. I'm like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Like, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you this, know, is, this is it. Well, I mean, th- this is the whole thing. Is like, if you start, like, it's all baby steps. So UWF, the first UWF in 84, kind of looks like pro wrestling. It looks like a cross between, like, um, like Bill Watts, Oklahoma style wrestling mm. and and British wrestling. Yeah. There's lots of chain submission stuff, but it's you can still this there's, there's characters, there's a story, there's grudge matches, yeah? A little bit. And then the second UWF, it's much more sport-orientated, and there's a lot less striking involved. It's much more grappling-based. And then you get to UWFI, which is like the third incarnation of it, of the big UFWF incarnations, and there's all sorts of striking, and all sorts of um, submission stuff going on. And they are really hitting each other really hard, but they can only run a show once a month because the wrestlers can't do that every night because wrestlers aren't supposed to hurt one another, are they? No. That's why you can do it every night. So That's they why to... they started faking it in the 20th yeah. century. For that so reason. You... <laughs> so you could yeah, do it so you... Yeah, so you could have more matches and therefore make more money. <laughs> 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 so it's like... So therefore, they were charging exorbitant amounts for ticket prices, oh God, the and costs. then, 
to cover the cost of running a dojo, running training, health costs for all these wrestlers who are getting injured on a regular basis. And of course, you can't cycle through challenges fast enough to make new stars quick enough when you yeah. only have one show a month. Yeah. It's not that the, there's a basic ever decreasing return on it, which is the reason why UWF ended up having a massive feud with New Japan Pro Wrestling and New Japan buried them. Um, because UWF had gone, we are the greatest wrestling company on earth and our champion can beat all of them. New Japan, that's not proper wrestling. <laughs> Actually, we need you for some money. All right, then, lads, you, you come wrestle with our guys and we'll make sure no one ever remembers who you are. <laughs> oh, man. You know, but, and, but having said that, they sold the Tokyo Dome out four times in 10 months. Well, look, as I said, this uh, Glee version one is really good. Like, yes, even even from the first match, I had a much better time watching this than I did the first one. Like, you can actually you can actually talk about it as a match, you know, and it's still yeah. very very heavy. Like Linderman and Tamura, Tamura, yeah. um, as a very very like these lads get it. They're showboating. They're doing cool spots. There's a ridiculous jump to the outside with no mats, uh, <laughs> and it's just it's brilliant. Like it's super fun. They look, like having, they look like they're having a great time as well. They are. Lindemann actually set this up two shows ago because I watched that show. Right. And he offered an open challenge to anyone on the... Who anyone? Did he offer an open challenge to anyone? Mm. And he probably wasn't that happy that Tamora, who's about 60 pounds everything, and said yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that, that's well, the thing. Like, it is like... Lindemann uh, is what? A cruiserweight? Or like a yes. like heavyweight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. But they work really well together. They have that big man, small man dynamic. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it is very, very cool. But there, there's yeah, a, I mean, one of my favorite bits, sorry for interrupting you, but one of my favorite parts of this whole match that kind of like emphasizes that to the, the nth degree is um, there's a back and forward and Lindemann's thrown into the, he's running the ropes and then tomorrow just does this clothesline from hell for a two count. But <laughs> it's like he just hits him and it's like he does like he's down and you're like, oh my god, just literally hit Melvin. <laughs> great, great yeah. spot. Great spot. Would you believe that Tamora's only been wrestling for a year? No way. Yeah. Oh. He's got that much presence. And he's wow. got that good a timing. Um there's, there's a guy on Cage Matt who's ranked him as ten out of ten. Tamora's proved to be a real prodigy, simply a genius with only one year of wrestling. He's brought together all the necessary characteristics to have a more a brilliant future. He is simply perfect. Which he, is Man, I can't believe he's wrestling a year. He gets pro wrestling so much. Like, he's yeah. showboating and he's, like, selling and the psychology is phenomenal. And again, I don't speak Japanese. The, the three commentators look like they're having a grand old time, but I have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> so, it's just like, you know, and I'm able to just get that from him. That's that's remarkable. Fair play. They're all... They're, he was trained by Taka Michinoku. Oh, there Taka you go. The school. There you go. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, Taka's... Tacker is essentially um, trained an awful lot of guys on the on Taco the was indie great. circuit. Tacker was great. Yeah, always really good. Always really good. Yes. Um, next up, uh, Kyoko Inoue defeats Michio Miyagi in six minutes and twenty nine seconds. Now, you watched Kyoko Inoue from nineteen ninety five wrestle Bull Nakano last time you were on the show. No way. Yeah, you did. Oh wow, <laughs> she's still in great shape. <laughs> she is. She's. 52 now. Damn, she doesn't look 52. 
She does not, does she? And she doesn't no. wrestle like she's 52 either. No, and she, she delivered a sack of Spud's powerbomb to finish this match off. <laughs> yeah, like, as I said, like, I think this is a team of some of these matches where the older wrestlers, like, kill the younger ones. And, <laughs> and, and this poor girl gets, like, annihilated the majority of the match. <laughs> it's, yeah, I think they're building her up for something better. Michio, Michiko, Michoko Miyagi is one of my favorite wrestlers. I've been watching her since she was a rookie. And funnily enough, Troopany Show fans, if you look at our uh, banner on the SoundCloud page, she is in that because oh, she was at King of Trios in 2018. In Wolverhampton, where in the final of King of Trios, they wrestled British Strong Style. Pete Dunne, um, Trent Dingy, and the other bloke, whose name escapes me. Uh, they wrestled them in the final. Um, and with Mako Satomura and Dash Chisako. And they were the biggest baby faces I've ever seen. Like, unbelievably so. Like, three lads from Wolverhampton getting booed out the building because they're not the Sendai girls, in Wolverhampton. Oh, well. <laughs> it's just like, this isn't real. Because, you know, these Japanese ladies are the best there is, and they don't want, they, they were the reigning champions, and the fans didn't want them to lose. Well, that's and fair. That, that's, that, um, send the fans home happy. That's the main thing, you yeah, know. And... That's it. I mean, they, they, they didn't mind that the British lads won in the end. But it was, it was like, I've never heard a place erupt. Like, it, it may actually be the biggest pop I've ever heard in a live audience was when Sendai Girls came out, the final King of Trios. It Amazing. was unreal. For, and, it's, and it's because Sendai Girls were just, are just on a different planet when it comes to understanding an audience. And Michioko Miyagi was then Cassandra, who was a head-banging goth girl back then. I can see and, that. Yeah, I could see yeah that. she 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 had actually had her hair was spiked up into a unicorn spike to start with, and she had like really deep dark makeup, and her whole character was just like a bit crazy goth girl. Here's and, the thing that you say that it's, it's funny you say that, right? Because when I was watching her, I'm like, why does she look so familiar? Like her ringer, it's it's pretty much the same ringer that Paige wore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is so, very much so. Yeah, yeah no, was she? Sorry, well. I was going to say, she had two years with Sendai Girls, and then she, when her contract ran out, she went to stardom and mm. just went nowhere. They didn't get her at all and didn't understand her. And she signed with Glate, and it's like, I feel there's more for her than this. She's not, I think, you know, losing to a legend's fine because it's losing to a legend, but I think they're going to try and build her up because obviously well, look, they've invested in her. I, I think this point of Glee was to, you know, it's, it's not bury the younger talent, but they're still kind of, using established legends to give themselves yeah. legitimacy. Like it makes sense. And this is probably gonna build into a longer feud that um like what has happened three days ago. So, you know, they're gonna build yeah. to a, a, a larger uh feud long term. And it makes sense because like yeah Miyagi gets like killed in this match, but she doesn't get killed easily. Like no, the, no. the final as happens, you know, you call it a, a, a bag of spuds power bomb. Like literally, she gets dropped on her neck and is folded yeah. up in a corgi. <laughs> like no one's getting up from that. I don't care who you are. Like even the, pimp, <laughs> you know, it's just like she's just leaning on her and like yeah, there's no one, no one getting up from that. No, no, proper ganzo bomb that one. It was um, yes, 
that put a put a put a put a T on uh, cross the T and dotted the I's for that particular victory. Should we move on to the next match, sir? Absolutely. Which is again a bit more a bit more your speed. Kazayashi, Keichi Sato, and again Sama Watanabe lost to Strong Hearts, Sima, Isai, Onisaka, and Shigeru Eri in 11 minutes and 44 seconds of a thoroughly enjoyable professional wrestling match. Oh, this is a great this is a great little match. All these lads had a great time. You know, they they you know, we got a little bit of colour too, which was which was nice. Everyone went back with uh with red chests from the chops. But uh, oh, this was great. <laughs> this was a fun match. Um you know, it, I, I love what I like about this performance with Glee is the again, I have to go back to production and it's not even like a huge thing um, that you can take away from it. But when it's done right, you see why it's a huge thing. Yeah, this three way match, they're not only well, one, they're doing it like as a real three way match where they start doing like triple teams and double teams and it's, it's class. But the cameramen are able to follow this action around where you don't miss anything. It's great. Yeah. It's really, really cool. I I liked how fast this was. I liked the actual psychology and construction of certain spots. Um but yeah, man, they were still still hitting each other like you know, full willy. So you you can't say <laughs> they were going easy because they were not. But um really, really enjoyed it. This is great. This is really, really, really good. Oh. I th- I think at the minute, one of the things that kind of like intrigues me about booking style in Japan, obviously Ghetto has, some would argue, run aground somewhat with his new Japan booking of late, but he's arguably been the best booker in the world for the last 10 years. Mm. And him and Jado wrestled everywhere when it wasn't fashionable to wrestle everywhere in Japan. When they started, it was a cradle-to-grave exercise. If you were a New Japan guy, you started in New Japan and you retired in New Japan. If you were an old Japan guy, the same. And if you left a company and went somewhere else, there was a strong chance you'd get buried because you weren't from that company. Yeah. So, so everyone stayed put, whereas they left all Japan and New Japan, formed a tag team, and made their own way. And as a result of that, they wrestled for everybody and everywhere. They wrestled for UWA in Mexico. They wrestled for CMLL in Mexico. They wrestled for all Japan. They wrestled for New Japan. They wrestled for FMW, for Wing, for DDT. All of these companies, and they had mentors like um, Terry Funk and Sushi Anita, and um, I'm, I'm trying to remember his name, the IWA promoters. <laughs> I see a picture of him in my head, so I can't remember his name. But all of these guys, they learned all that stuff, and they've regurgitated it at the right moment in New Japan Pro Wrestling. If you go back to um, Bullet Club, and Devitt and all of that stuff. And you go back to FMW and the Funk Army of Wrestling, it's the same story, just reinvented for a new audience, tweaked and fine-tuned and have much better T-shirts. And there you are. There's Bullet Club. And over the next 10 years, Bullet Club causes all sorts of chaos and forms new wrestling companies and creates WWE angles and all sorts of stuff. Mm. Because, but, if, but if, you know, because they moved around so much. And Hayashi, as the lead booker of Glate, is doing the same thing. He worked in WCW. He worked for Michinoku Pro. He worked for Osaka Pro. He worked for big companies in Japan. He has a depth of knowledge in the wrestling industry about how to book and present and produce professional wrestling in a very professional manner. And this seems like the most complete thing he's done, if that makes sense. Well, look, as I said, you know, watching this match, you can see a lot of that. Like, there's a lot of, 
like even the spots that they do, there's a lot of Finn Balor spots or Devitt spots in this. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> yeah. literally like they do the drop kicks the exact same way. And you're just like, oh well, you know, you can really see the the pedigree that these guys have. Um, you know, we talked uh, on the last show, well, on the last show that we reviewed there, that you know, turned up the pro wrestling stuff by like ten percent would be it. The Glate the Glate pro wrestling stuff is up, you know, up at the seventy mark. <laughs> I would say, you know. But and but there's a bit a bit of this where you do like a, a six man pylon and it's the most ridiculous thing ever. But you know what? You're like, oh yeah, sure. Look, why not? It's grand, like because it's a, <laughs> it has that little bit of oh yeah, this is wrestling. We're all having a good time, you know. Even after I've just kicked him in the head and he's in bits, but still, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's nice to see. It kind of adds that that little bit of levity to the spot, you know. And it's just it's fun. Like it's I've never seen that before. It is cool. And you know what? It's not as even though it is contrived. And it is. I'm not going to sit here and say that it isn't contrived and it isn't kind of stupid. But you know what's more contrived? When you do like a six-man Tower of Doom spot and it takes like 20 minutes to set up, it's like... Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's not, not... It takes you out the moment. Yeah. I mean, one of the... One of the, one of the on the show we that we aren't doing today, there was a... Tanaka was in the tag... was tagging with uh, Hayashi and uh, Sato against the strong I know he was he was talking with Yashi and Seema against the younger strong hearts guys and at one point you know uh Tanaka like living legend of shoot fighting has an adjustable spanner tucked under his kick pad strap <laughs> <laughs> and but they made it so they made it look so smooth and all the fans bought into it because it was because of that good yeah. you know it was just, it was just fun so it was like that was ace should we move on to the main event of the late portion of the show? Let's do it. Okay, this was Reichi Kawakami. You defeat T-Hawk in 17 minutes and 26 seconds. And this was the first real grudge match of the company that I'd seen so far. Kawakami had signed from BJW. And as he said in his promo a couple of shows before, I gave up everything to come here and this is all I have. Mm. And he challenged T-Hawk. And it was a proper old-fashioned grudge match. And it was an excellent old-fashioned grudge match. I love T-Hawk. I'd watch him wrestle a broomstick. And watching with someone who can really go like Kawakami, it was so much fun to watch. And they have a story to tell, proper wrestling. And exactly the kind of thing you want in your biggest show so far. That suicide dive in the match with DL on outside, and, you know, your man nearly ends up, like, in yeah. her lap. She's, like, trying to fix it. It's gas. It's, like, the funniest thing I've seen in a while. But, you know, <laughs> um, that aside, like, yeah, oh, man, this was a good match. It was, it was, as you said, it was everything you wanted it to be. It was everything you think, when you think Japanese wrestling, you really think about this kind of match. You know, this, this yeah. he- heavy going the entire time, crazy spots. Um, But it also didn't negate psychology there was a lot of great selling some near falls but it wasn't ridiculous um it was very very good match like a really 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 strong way to close out their um their section of this pay-per-view and if this was their mission statement to be like hey this is glee i think this is probably the best representation of it yes i think so as well i think you're gonna get that Strong style stuff from the guys who came from Wrestle One, mixed in with the guys that came from BJW, uh, the bigger, more stoic, stand-up, straight guys, and you're going to get some of that Japanese lucha from Dragon, Dragon Gate and Michinoku Pro from the older veterans like Seema and Hazayashi and T Hawk and Lindemann. 
I say older, Lyndon's 26, but you know what I mean? The, the, the more established wrestlers on the roster, you're going to get a nice mix. And I think this is the thing. It's like, I look at BJW, I may have a strong style division, a junior heavyweight division, and a deathmatch division. Mm. And it's like watching three different companies at the same time. It's great. I love their shows, their ace, but it's not a complete package. No. And this feels like a complete package, if that makes sense. Yes, definitely does. The, the Gleed stuff, you know, from what we've seen, they've actually presented themselves in a, in a very com- uh, comprehensive way, even with only like an hour and a half. It's a very good yeah. hour and a half. And I would say, like, if this was just a show, I would have been like, oh, like B plus, you know, absolutely like a, a great little show. Um, yeah. Funny enough, the the rest of the show is when I'm I'm like, oh, okay, you know, it, it's less comprehensive because it's more kind of the same, but it definitely is shot better. Um, it, it, it the extra little bits of production really help it. Um, I, but I, you know, before we, we move on to that, I I love the little finishing sequence. Uh, how do you yeah, say yeah. Kawaii Kama? Is that Kawaii Kama? Is that how you say it? Kawaii Kama, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The way he does it, like, his offense near the end of the match is absolutely fucking fantastic. His elbows <laughs> look legit. He's just this cool, um, I don't even know what you'd say. It's like, it looks like a burning hammer. Uh, yeah, actually, I think it is a burning hammer, and he like, but the way he sinks it in and how fluid it all is, and he actually wins the match with another one later on. But the first time he does it, it's like holy crap, that looks vicious. And then I think uh, <laughs> the, the one that he actually wins the match with is more of a burning hammer, and it's just like oh, brilliant, brilliant, great. <laughs> um, he calls it uh, Hurricane Driver, I think. Looking at his list of stuff, yes, Hurricane Driver would be the would be his finisher. Burning Hammer, which is Burning Hammer, but he's known <laughs> for Burning Hammer. I guess. <laughs> there's all there's also see the thing is with Japanese maneuvers. If you put a Japanese maneuver with a slight twist on a different way, someone will call it a different name. So oh, yeah. well, come on, like let's call it's it a Burning Hammer. Well, I'll tell you what, we, we could do the Vince McMahon. What a maneuver! You're giving the money. Yeah, you basically. You ba- you're basically giving your rights to Kenta Kabashi, let's be honest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Still, then. So, it's a phenomenal move. It's really cool. But that little finishing sequence where he does it once, like really viciously to kind of win them, and then wears them down with the elbows, and then hits it again. And it's just like, well, okay. You know, that was it. That was yeah. it. Great, great. Oh. Event. That's the, that's the kind of thing. I don't understand why people don't do it more often. Hit mm. people with finishes more than once. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like um, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, yeah. Get, yeah. NATO has this thing where he'll do the destino, but he'll not get it quite right, mm. and they'll kick out from it, which is right. It's a move that it's just the NATO thing. NATO has to do it perfectly, or it's not going to work. Mm. And that's basically him as a character summed up. So if he doesn't get his finisher bang on perfectly, it doesn't work. The guy will kick out on two, so he has to do it twice. <laughs> that makes sense, you know. I, I, but that like, makes sense, yeah. It does make sense. Like, I, well, I know some people will be like, "Oh, finish supposed to end the match." It's like, yeah, but never really does. You know, unless no. it's a squash, like. But yeah, yeah I'll I, I, Carol, sorry. Sorry, I just I bought that a lot more. Um, that's the whole sequence because it's like 
it's setting the table to really make sure he's not getting back up. Like, there's a difference between someone hitting their finisher like four times, which looks ridiculous. I'm sorry. <laughs> Where it's like, okay, we hit it once. I know if I hit it again, he's going to kick out. So I need to wear him down. So finisher, elbow, 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 do it again. You know, it, it, it it's yeah. a little thing. It's a subtle little thing, but it's more like of a realistic thing to use that term. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. It is like, you know, Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage at WrestleMania 7 doing each other's finishes 14 times. Yeah, it's, it's just... Was it, great, it was great. It, it was great once, and those are two larger life characters and get away with it. But you can't do it every time because it does look silly. Yeah. You know, no, like, it, it was, like, it, it, like, if that's your storyline, if that's your character, then fair enough, you know. But again, you're not going to have... A classic match you're not gonna have people going oh man that was brilliant you're gonna be a joke and you know yeah. that works yeah. in wwe but you know you saw it with like taker and taker and brock you know three or four f5s yeah. like okay i'm sick of this now you know and it's and there was none of this you know like the second time he, he hit it you're like oh well this match is over you know it's like this is over <laughs> you know and I, I, that's the difference it's that finality and i believe a finisher shouldn't finish a match it should end the match it should be that yeah. finality, and you yeah. get to see it in that way. Sorry, yeah, we'll move on. I talked a bit too much. I just, I don't know. No, 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 absolutely. Look, anytime I see a burning hammer, I'm like, burning hammer. <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right. I think that's the thing. It's, it's like, it's just good storytelling. Yeah. Anyway, so on to the UWF portion of the show. Dajiri Matsui and Tetsuya Ishka defeated Minoru Tanaka and Slomo Watanabe, who had a bit of a rough weekend. Really, in this this particular these shows, he was falling double duty, and he lost in the first half, mm. didn't he? Yes, yeah. and he lost in the second half as well. Eight minutes and fifty seven seconds, and he was on the receiving end of the the loss too, which is like I'm guessing they're doing a kabashi with him and building him up over a period of time because I think he has got the ability and the presence to be the big ace of the company. Absolutely. And one of the one of the old giant Baba traits was. You make them lose, and for as long as they possibly, Kabashi didn't like win a match for like two years or something from when he got out of the dojo because he knew he was special and he knew he had everything that he wanted the tools from that. So if he kept him losing when he won and started getting forward momentum, the fans would get behind it. Yeah, and I no, think that makes, kind it makes of sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, really good match. I like this a lot. It was it, it, again, it's shoot style stuff, so it's not. A ton of stuff to write on about. In the tag match in this particular um, style, I really enjoyed it. What did you think, Darren? Yeah, same. It's, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it was presented a lot better than the earlier stuff. But uh, I I think the direction they went with it was good. Um, utilizing the scoring mechanics was, was interesting to see it. Um, and yeah, it was grand. You know, I, I think it's I think it's in service of something bigger. But um, definitely an improvement. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, kind of like it was, it was. Again, it's like introducing a style of wrestling to an audience that may not have come across it before, and they did it really well. Yeah. And next up, which is a bit of a change, was the ladies joining us for UWF style match. Um, and by gum, Chihiro Ashimoto, big match hash, as she's known in Sendai Girls, the multi-time world's champion. Mika Samasamura's ultimate protege doesn't half like chucking small little ladies about, does she? Nope. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 when she came out, I was like, oh, man. 
I really hope this isn't <laughs> going to be what I think it's going to be. And then this little young one comes out and gets battered. Yes. Um, poor Maya Fukuda, who doesn't even have a cage match page. No. Bless her cotton socks. Yeah. She tried really, really hard. Yeah. But when you spend the first two minutes of the match screaming in a Boston crab, there's not a lot you're going to do, is there? <laughs> <laughs> that was it it was like it started off bad and then progressively got worse there and you're like oh okay you know so I felt really sorry for that young one um well yeah there you go yeah it was Cheer never go- it was it was never going any other way <laughs> no, for those who've not seen Ch- Chihiro Hashimoto before she is she's just like the ideal size for a professional wrestler shoot style wrestler she is, I hate to say the word short because she isn't short for a female wrestler. She's a little bit below average size. She is built like a brick outhouse. If you look at old style wrestlers like Bert Azarati and um, um, not Luther's, um, Ed Strangler Lewis, she's built like that. She's built a bit like Bruno Sammartino. She's and like, she just, she's like Taz in his prime. Yeah. She's, and she just, she carries herself. Like she's going to kill whoever comes out there, <laughs> and then this little bitty girl walks out. Who, fair enough, I gather she has a martial art background. Shoe, but you're like, if you're not bringing it, you're going to get killed, <laughs> and she gets absolutely killed, and that's what yes. happens. Yeah, yes. maybe you probably should have brought the tank with you. Yeah. It's probably you know, yeah. And Ashimoto is known for throwing people about. She and her character is fun-loving babyface, and, you know, that's what she is. However, you know, once the bell rings, she's on, and she yeah. looks like she's on, and, and she gets it. it. <laughs> and the thing about it is, like, after the match, when she gets the win, she's not, like, going over and killing her again. She's like, hey, all right. Yeah, okay. yeah. You know, so it's just like, you know, you can still tell she's the face, but she, you know, gets it done in the ring, so she's brilliant. I think she's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's just she's just brilliant. So she's absolutely awesome, and I'm sure Fakuda has a future with Glate, but hopefully they won't keep Barina. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, as I said, like I thought, I'd like to see more of her. Um, yeah, just you know, maybe maybe far far away from <laughs> yeah yeah because it's just like right right now you have a bit to go but look she is young she's only 20 yes um she moves really around the ring she seems to actually get it quite a lot her selling was phenomenal um but then again come on like boston crab's gonna hurt um <laughs> and yeah like it's it, you know it was what it was it was a nice little kind of palate cleanser before the next match which we kind of t- touched on earlier on uh yes. so yeah there we go. Yeah, I, I, Hashimoto, the, the actually the person that she does remind me of the most. I personally, I've never actually seen wrestle, but of the tales my father told me and the things I've read on the internet and people have told me, there's a gentleman called Billy Owls from the south coast of the United Kingdom, European mid-heavyweight champion, uh, who was described as the ever-go-forward, uh, who was the first person to make somebody bleed on World of Sport television, and they won't have him on again. <laughs> he he got um, Kendo Nagasaki he was wrestling him and he got the mask by the eye holes and then started chafing his mask on his nose until his nose exploded <laughs> that is and, um, 
Yes, and then Billy was not allowed on television again. That's fair. <laughs> that is fair. Yes, yes, because Billy was considered a bit of an hard case and did things the way Billy wanted to. Um, but yeah. Um, anyway, moving on to the next match: Maxukati Funaki versus Yo Yu Iska, uh, the young gentleman versus the Denzian of shoot style wrestling. Funaki, like we said, possibly the hardest man who ever lived, or certainly in the top list of the top ten. And he beat Iska like he owed him money. Like he, like he broke, it. like he broke up with his girl, with his daughter on prom night. <laughs> that, that's what it was like. Uh, and, and, bor- and borrowed money to hire the limousine. Absolutely, that's what it was like. Because oh my god, yes. killed him like absolutely. Killed him. And it, like just the kicks alone are so nasty. But that choke at the end. It's the most vicious choke I've ever seen someone do. Yeah. It's so um, nasty and so aggressive. And it's like, wow. Holy hell. Like, it's great. Now here, uh, like, it's a great match. It's a really, really good match. But when Fanaki gets going, and particularly when he, you know, really starts taking the finish, it's, you know, I don't know what you could do to beat him. Like, can't. No. No, I mean, you look at Funaki was trained by Carl Gotch and Yoshiaki Fujiwara on, on, and Johnny Wandos on a list of people who can do horrible things to other people. But that's pretty much the top of the list, really. <laughs> and so Funaki has this distilled knowledge of everything awful that the lads from Wigan to do to somebody. Yeah. Applied that with some serious martial arts kicks. And just a world of knowledge from shoot fighting down the years. He still is one of the most dangerous men on earth. Now what's interesting a... now what's interesting about that is, right? As you said, like the actual choke itself, it isn't like a big fancy one. He just grabs him in like a sleeper and then just puts all the pressure on it. And it's like that's yeah. it. And you buy that more than a lot of the other things which we've seen. So it is like a real credit to him that he can make something and it, it does show you like that. That's the cool thing about wrestling. Like you suspend your disbelief. That he's able to take something so basic, and the way yeah. it's applied and the selling just really makes it makes it all pop. You know, that's it. it is, I mean, like we said about Isger, he's got that presence, and you want him to do well. Oh, you do. Nice you feel really sorry for him. Yeah, you like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you you're like oh, he seems like a nice guy, and he's in there getting killed. Like and you're like, oh, okay, what did you do? You know. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's just like yeah, so you have literally no chance. No. It, it you yeah no, just not happening because it, it's Maxinati Pinaki and he is a wrestling god. Yeah, like and god. In the last match that we had, right, where that young one got killed, right? Yeah. Um <laughs> it had the same dynamic, but <laughs> you know, and it shouldn't have because uh, you know we've seen. We, in, even in the last show, we've we've seen that it definitely isn't that way. But that's what's cool about this kind of stuff because you're like, well, the legends really are legends. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, like, yeah. You're not. We're not going to bury them, but we're not going to bury the younger talent either. To an extent, you're still going to come off as like you've put up a good fight, but you're yeah. going to get killed in the process. You know what I mean? It, it's it's a really cool dynamic because like as you go up the card and these matches start having more of a feel to them. You're, it makes sense because you're like, wow, you must have really done something to get here. You know, you must have really earned your stripes as such. And it's a really cool 
it's a really cool little thing they have, you know. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's like the fact they've got access to Tanaki mm. and to, well, obviously Tanaka's like on the on the uh, creative side, so they've got a really good, strong sense of knowing what they're doing. Plus, they've they're all veterans of shoot style wrestling promotions, and they know what went wrong before. Yeah, because all of them, the only one that's still around that is actually, you know, uh, is Pancras, which was yeah. Funaki, Funaki and Suzuki and Ken Shamrock's, like, you know, invention. They're no longer involved with that particular company. But all the other shoot-style promotions all died a death because essentially UFC took the... and Pride took over because it was real. And Pancras survived because it was real. Yeah. And they kind of used the, the Pride rule set now. But... Originally, they were the first kind of like before UFC and before Pride, they were the first to have proper shoot fights with striking and submissions like you would expect to see in UFC now. Mm. Um, and, but it was based around pro wrestling rules. But because they've got all this knowledge of what went wrong before, they're not going to make the same mistakes a third time or a fourth time. Um, and they weren't, Tanaka wasn't involved in that process, you know, as a, as a creative guy back then. He was still a young guy. Mm-hmm. But Finaki was Finaki was, but it wasn't really creative with Pancras. It's just like get two guys of roughly approximate skills together and watch them beat the shit out of each other. And that's 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 you. No, you I see that, you <laughs> see the thing about it is like with um you know, in the next match, it really does kind of sum that up as well. But yeah. I actually prefer watching this kind of stuff now because I think this is like the the section of um, the UWF rules that we see on this show is actually the perfect mix that we talked about earlier on, where like, yeah, you know, it, it's it's enough pro wrestling to make it a really good, good match, you know, and if they just changed a little bit, and you know, what we said, oh, well, we they up by ten percent. Here you go, you know, the next match in particular has. It's very heavy with the shoot. It's very heavy with the the submissions. Very heavy with the kicks, but you still have some cool pro wrestling selling, some uh, psychology, even some slams. No suplexes though, but you know that would be weird uh, to see. But <laughs> I, I have to say, like it's great. Like it's actually like a very, um, very interesting way to pace a match. And to be honest with you, I enjoyed this more than any of the other matches because it was like a competitive worked fight and it's yeah. you know more enjoyable than most mixed martial arts matches because you know it, again with real fighting your match could be over in 15 seconds <laughs> you know yeah it, you know that's, it all that's, depends that's the yeah. thing but this this was great you know it, it wasn't it wasn't fake because you can't really fake kicking someone in the head you can't really fake um, some of the submissions. Like there's a there was a nasty kind of like uh, modified uh, triangle, and it, I was just like, holy crap! Like didn't even took the arm. I think I actually finished the match. I did finish the match. Show one with it, and um, like you can't fake a triangle choke. You know, at a certain no. point, because you you know you get brain damage if you hold it for ninety seconds, after sixty seconds, and you kill them after ninety. Uh, yeah. They have about 30 seconds to mess with it. And just how tight that was and how snug it was, it made sense that that ended the match because there's no way out of it. But the creativity to, to put that together was just unreal. 
So fair play. Like this was a great match. And if the whole product could like match this kind of level, I think they're going to be around for a very long time because you can pull in fans from all over. It's it's really cool. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, for the, the the match was Takanari Ito, who is a graduate of the Wrestle One Dojo, mm. who's got a good shoot background. Um, you know, we talked about him before, but his his basic finish is a German suplex. That's that's he's a ground and pound shoot fighty type guy. I've, and of course, Show, who's well known to Tribune Show listeners, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion, um, currently one of the big names in the Junior Heavyweight Division in New Japan, and it shows here because. It's his storytelling is absolutely top notch, as you'd expect a guy from the New Japan Dojo to have. His selling is absolutely top notch because you know he's been wrestling Desperado for the last god knows how long. And if you can't sell after wrestling Desperado, then you don't know what you're doing. Because <laughs> Despy's a vicious, Despy's a vicious little shit. <laughs> so you learn to sell really quick. And Show just has that presence. You know he's been. He, I, I wouldn't say the emphasis has been off him. It hasn't. But because his tag team partner, Yo, came back from long-term injury and challenged for the Junior Heavyweight Championship, it's kind of been off show. So he gets to go and do things like this and have some fun with a different company. But it showed you how good he is. And this is no knock on anyone else on the roster because they're all great. But this is the difference between a guy who's on television 14 days out of 28 wrestling at a very high level compared to guys who are working on the Japanese indie circuit who have a different kind of level of ability they're dealing with every day, if that makes sense. So, you know, I'm not knocking the Japanese indie scene because it's amazing. However, you know, the consistency of opponents is a bit up and down when you're wrestling, you know, in Michinoku in front of 12 people in a car park compared to wrestling at Currican Hall in front of 1,500 people on a big show. So, you know, where a show wrestles guys like Desperado, Minoru Suzuki and Hiroshi Tanahashi and Yuji Nagara and all of these legends every night of the week, it shows you how fast you develop and how many key skills for presence, selling, storytelling are all involved in that. Well, like in certain ways, you know, it does kind of make sense because it's like when you have an independent scene that it doesn't have an overall government body, the quality can't be controlled. But because the quality can't be controlled, you get that wild other, yeah. you know. So it, it's if, if it was controlled that well, it would become homogenized and then that would have a whole other rake of problems. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think that that's the, that's the appeal of it. You know, it's still very much, you know, wrestling in Japan is still very much real, uh, even when it's not. So yes. it's gonna still have that kind of that love and that kind of uh unique growth um and also um variety that just isn't anywhere else, you know. I and mean, it might be in it might be in Mexico, but you know, uh, for most Western wrestling fans, you know, when they think about wrestling, there's WWE, AEW, and independence. And the independence could be, as you said, you know, a car park. A skill gym or um you know nwa and in japan yeah. like i'm oh, sorry and then like so you would never see like a john cena or roman reigns wrestling in a car park 
you know, unless it's, it was a gimmick car park <laughs> or a match. But you know what I mean? But in Japan, you could see one of the top stars wrestling the car park one week and then next week work somewhere else, you know? It's cool. <laughs> it, it, it's an interesting kind of thing. And it means they can learn different er- learn different skills and, and take it with them. And, you know, with Glee, um, yeah, go for it. Or not Glee. How, do, how are they supposed to say it? Glate? Glate. Glate. Life's great. Glate's a better name. They should compare. It let's, is. Let's compare. Hashtag save Gleet. Uh, <laughs> it's a much better name. Um, yes. But yeah, you know, I, I think these guys have it, you know, all sewn up and hopefully it will grow and grow and grow and grow. And look, it's all on the YouTube channel as well, on their YouTube yeah. channel. So, you know, go watch it. It's free, folks. Yeah, free, free wrestling of an incredibly high international A grade standard. Absolutely. You no. Know. This this stuff that you could put some of these matches on Monday Night Raw and they won't look out of place. Hold on, yes they would because Monday Night <laughs> Raw is shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you know what I mean. All right, then you could put it on Impact or on AEW or Ring yeah, of Honor and they would go. not look out of place. No. There you go. Well, yes. <laughs> so Re- good yeah. wrestling in modern WWE. Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Do you not listen to the show? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, funnily yeah. enough, it was just so they say we're saying about like big names appearing on odd indie shows. A current WWE champion, Mako Satomura, um, asked um, her boyfriend, Minoru Suzuki, to go tag with her on um, a big show. Uh, it was the big Gaiaism show, it was the show after the Gaiaism show where she wrestled Nana, uh, Nana Takahashi, and uh, I think it was, I think it was, uh, yeah, the um. Yeah, Global Honor Crown Champion there. That would be... Uh, oh, God, I forgot his name now. That's ridiculous. I only watched him win the title like a week ago. Naimuchi Marafuji. Yeah. Uh, him and Nana Takahashi tagged up against Minoru Suzuki and Mako Satomura. If there isn't a more scary professional wrestling couple in the world... <laughs> I'm not going to join Jointly trained by Billy Robinson, Carl Gotch, Kyoshiaki Fujiwara, and a bunch of other people who could hurt you by looking at you. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not, not, a, not a good time. Not a good time. Definitely not. No. You know, it's... the, the I mean, But yeah, um, 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 Minoru is uh, going to move to England with Mako. Really? Apparently, he announced this week. Yeah. he's Because uh, she's working, obviously, as WWE Women's, UK Women's Champion. Oh, this sense. is what this is like. This is, this is... Like this is the bit that absolutely gets me. It's like they love Mako Satomura more than any other WWE wrestler has they've ever loved. She's a champion for the company. They let her go home and wrestle on indie shows because she said, "I'm going home and wrestling on indie shows." And they're like, "All right, all right then. All right. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> see you when you come back. Have a nice time." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, could you imagine? Like, I don't know, Drew McIntyre saying. I want to go work for IW, I, um, yeah, uh, ICW in Glasgow at the weekend. Is that all right? <laughs> I mean, they probably would do now, but, you know, um, yeah. probably not. Look, it, it, it's something that I can see more of happening, to be fair, like uh, with that kind of stuff. Because Daniel Bryan, apparently, and not to get too much into it, but Daniel Bryan's new contract is, is, well, his contract's almost up. And apparently the deal is so he can go off and go to New Japan and just do do matches. So... You know, I think that's probably going to happen eventually, where people just show up sometimes and like, hey, you know. I think, I think the, I think the thing is WWE have to kind of like look at the sense of, and they've always said it, 
they don't really see themselves competing with the wrestling companies. They, they see themselves competing with the NFL or NASCAR or that yeah. kind of market. Yeah. So if you are, then act like it and don't be so petty when someone wants to go wrestle Minoru Suzuki because he's Minoru friggin' Suzuki. You like, know? yeah, like wrestlers, wrestlers want to wrestle and they don't care yeah. about anything else. So it makes sense that they want to go off and, and, and do this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, man, like I can definitely see it becoming more of a thing once Vince, you know, lets go over anything. And we talked about this on the show as well, that like the whole is WWE being sold thing. It definitely does look like something that's happening. But uh, I definitely think that the future in the in the West, Western wrestling companies there, is a lot closer to what happens in Japan than anywhere else. Yeah, you know, it seems like that's yeah. where it's going. I think. I mean, it's. I, I think. I mean, you look at like this show where you have got Show, who's obviously you know he's he's a he's a big draw for New Japan. He's not a main event guy. It's not like Kazuchika Okada or Roshi Tanahashi went. But Tanahashi used to go do shows for DDT when they had a working group in New Japan. Yeah, he, he apparently didn't like it very much, but he would go and do shows for them. He didn't like and it's it. Like, <laughs> part of there was there was rumors that apparently he dumped his blood down and just went. Oh, my dude. Apparently, one oh, day, no. which was which didn't go down particularly well. But generally speaking, you know, people appear on other people's shows on a regular basis. It's not a surprise. It's just. It's this, it, you know, it's they hold a giant Baba Memorial show every year and New Japan guys go to it. Even though he was long associated with all Japan, he's important to the story of Japanese wrestling. So New Japan guys go. Because that's, you, you go pay respect for, even though he was the sworn enemy of New Japan Pro Wrestling for a good 20 years, you go pay respect to the man that put people in business and made the fans happy. And that's what you do. And I think that's the thing is Japanese. Especially, and it used to work like this in the Joshi scene. It's working still like it like now. The Joshi scene is made up of seven or eight different companies, and there's only so much talent. Everybody swaps around, but they kind of have meetings every once in a while and say, "We're going to do this now," and they'll book a big angle over all the companies. Someone will come up with an idea because it does Joshi good if all the Joshi companies do well. Well, see, that's it. You know. WWE, in a sense, because it isolated itself, it also kind of ruined its creativity. But it's like any scene, you know, any scene that does anything, like metal scene, um, you know, uh, whatever. Anything that's, like, niche to an extent. Uh, high tides raise all, all, all ships, right? So that yeah. it makes way more sense to kind of have that because then you can kind of accessible. It's like comic books, you know, where... An arc can like carry over several books, and you have to buy all the books together. It's like simple business, you know. But I definitely think going forward, like we've seen it with AEW and Impact, that was like the first real kind of like, whoa, this is the thing now. Where AEW Impact and even New Japan show guys show up and they're like, hey, and they do things, you know. It's like that's wild. Yeah, that completely broke the mold. And it, it's the cat's out of the bag now, where you can't put it back in because that's what fans want, and particularly, yeah. Once the old man lets go of WWE from his cold dead hands, um, you know we'll start seeing more of that because that is where the future is. Because like, if you talk, if you like listen to what the guys are saying in AEW, they're like, "Oh, well, we want to do this and we're able to." You know, they're gonna go where they're yeah. gonna make the same money, but able to go over and have matches in, you know, maybe even in Glace, you know, maybe show up and have a match there, show up in New, New Japan. Yeah, you know, they're gonna do that long term for a career rather than just, you know. Be out no, it's, 
And I think, yeah, and I think that's that's the thing as well, is like they've gone about it the right way. Like the New Japan stuff in AEW, I think was the right way to go about it. You don't want a big invasion angle of everybody turning up no. because then there's no anticipation. No. Kenta turns up for a fight with, with Moxley is perfect because Kenta's an annoying little shit will go out of his way to go to Florida and he lives in Florida. So it makes it more realistic that I'm going to go attack him in his own turf. That makes more sense. And it sold the match at Wrestle Kingdom much better than anything they could do on New Japan television. You well, know? look, you know, it, 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 invasion angles don't work. And the reason why they don't work is because someone has to lose. Yeah. And it's like what... we're saying about the, the saying about the UWFI stuff in the 90s. It made a ton of money. It was the inspiration for the NWO. Mm. However, all good things come to an end. Yep. Like, that's it, and you know. You. And, yeah. And, and, like, you kind of saw it there with the Impact thing, where Impact came off as the, the lower tier because they lost pretty much everything. And it's, like, full-on evasions are not a good idea. Talent exchanges or, like, little feuds that carry over between yeah. between companies, that's a much better way to do it because then it's, like, localized. You know, it's just like, hey, we're the best tag teams in the world. Oh, really? Such and such comes over and then they have a feud. Yeah. It makes way more sense than the top stars come on over and then they lose in a match and then we have the invasion angle. It's weird. This is the second time I've talked about the invasion angle in like a week. <laughs> Despite the fact I said I'd never talk about it again after doing eight hours, like two or three, I don't know, about six years ago. So well, I we're, not have... talking about... well, we're not talking about that invasion angle. Yeah, I know, I know. But, you know, it's still, it's still kind of funny how like it always comes back to these things, you know, where it's like... It does, it, it yeah. does but it is like they... they... They were the biggest stories in wrestling, and yeah. they've always been the biggest stories in wrestling. Like um, when IWE fell apart in the seventies, and all the wrestlers split to go to New Japan and All Japan because the roster mm. there wasn't enough jobs. So you know that was a big thing. When Ricky Chosu, this is this is this was the perfect one because yeah. like things came out years later because the Japanese business is so secretive. I was like watching a shoot video with Chono and uh, Muta. And apparently when Ricky Chosu left New Japan in the 1980s, he had a fallout with the bosses, took a bunch of guys with him. The original idea was to start their own company uh, separately from New Japan to do an invasion angle. And then Giant Baba said, well, why don't you come work for us instead? And everyone thought that Chosu had just betrayed New Japan Pro Wrestling. But apparently the New Japan bosses had told him, go work for Baba because we can't afford you. And it'll keep your guys employed. <laughs> and so if they went and worked, they did an invasion angle in all Japan. Of course, when they'd done with all Japan, they went back to New Japan and did an invasion angle again. Well. Wow. So you get you can make money out of it in a long term point of view, but not everybody's Ricky Chosu. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. No, like so, it's one of those things where like if it's done, it has to really kind of be there to not only make money but to make sustained long-term money yeah. because at the end of the day like if it's just a if you do it to put yourself above another company then yeah yeah you might do it and you get and you know you, you saw it where it's like oh you get that big pop and then it slowly disappears but you know as i said i don't think we're going to have invasion angles long term as the as a thing but we will have like talents no. showing up you know, so there we go. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. But yeah, man, I want to thank you so much for uh, for having me on. This, these were fun. I like this. I, you know, I always enjoy doing the show because I one we get to hang out, which is always good. Yes, two, yes, it is. I, I get to watch this like 
these weird wrestling shows that I never don't even know exist. So, and also <laughs> the people seem to enjoy it too. So, thanks so much for everyone who checks out. That's these all shows. right. Yeah, there's, it, it's cool to do them with you, Darius. We always like different voices on the Trooper show. So, and especially someone who's knowledgeable as you, looking at a new product, you see things that I don't see. Yeah. So, because I, I kind of look that. at I look at wrestling with a different angle from you. So it's it's great to have your voices. Where can we find you on the internet, sir? So obviously, if uh, the good folks are subscribed to the Two Penny Channel, we do the Wrestling Rewind. Um, we we tape it every Friday, trying to get back live again. Still some nag- nagging technical issues, which I am uh, furiously working to resolve. But the show does go out um, on Phoenix ninety two point five FM every Tuesday. So the show usually drops either Tuesday or Wednesday on the True Penny Channel. And if you want to uh, reach me on Twitter, they can at DaraWV. D-A-R-R-A-G-H-W-V is where you can find my tweets about wrestling, nerd stuff, or like random computer things. Usually that's pretty much all I talk about on Twitter. And um, yeah, <laughs> I'd love to hear from anybody who has anything got to do that. Like it was, the thing about the rewind is we go back into the past, uh, nine times out of ten. So if anyone has anything we want us to talk about, tweet me it. Uh, also, um, underscore the rewind on Twitter um, is the, the the Twitter for that show as well. So, if you want to uh, contact us there, you can. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're very easy to find. Nerdsnow Media as well. Also, nerdsnowmedia.gmail.com um, for all the rewind stuff. Okay, you can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. You can find the show Troopany Show on Twitter. You can find us on Patreon, where you can keep the Troopany Show free forever for everyone, and on the Facebook as well. We'll be back next week. FMWE launched today. We're at Sushi Anita. Apparently, according to John in the message you sent me, he, boy, he went for them explosions because he wanted to make it the most explosion-y, explosion-y thing in the world. So that right. should be an intriguing lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, he was trying to out. He was trying to outdo the explosions AEW had to make sure that everyone was satisfied with the level of explosions they were going to get. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yes, that Brilliant. that was it. Um, and also the the fact that you could use like PayPal online to vote, pay in money to buy foreign objects for the women's match. That's a great idea. I think that's good. Like, what, what did <laughs> so, you do with your your PayPal donation? Well, you see that that chair that was used. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just a brilliant, brilliant thing. Anyway, take care, and we'll see you soon. Bye.